we shall read Second Kings chapter 8, verse 1 to 6. The title of the message or the title of the text we are going to read is The King Restores the Shunammite Land. And I will read. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistine, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and her land. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of God, saying, Tell me, sorry, the servant of the man of God, and said, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life. Appealing to the king of the house, uh, of her house, Appealing to the king for her house, I'm sorry, and for the land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman. And this is the son whom, he, whom Elijah uh, restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for the word this day. Help us, God, let us hear what you are saying to us and minister to us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is the woman that had, uh, as we, the, the text that we read, this is the woman that had had her son restored to life by Elijah. This is the woman who had talked to her husband. If we read, I think it's Second Kings chapter 4, she had communicated to his husband that uh, this man of God, we should make him room such that whenever he comes, he can have a room to stay. So this is the Shumanamite woman we are talking about. Growing up as a boy in this country of Eswatini, where I am, in 1984, in the early years or in the early days of 1984, I remember very well, it was January, we, uh, schools were opening. The country experienced a cyclone demonia, what we refer to as cyclone demonia, a storm. There were heavy rains that uh, were, were, were in the country, actually in the southern part of Africa and Eswatini or Swaziland was also affected. It rained so much roads were destroyed houses were destroyed at that time people were constructing houses using mud stick and mud and some stones so they were falling people had no homes and it was a terrible situation Immediately after that 1984 uh, uh, floods that we experienced in this country, they referred to it as cyclone pneumonia. In 1984 again to 1985, we then experienced a severe drought as a country. And this drought lasted for about a year. I remember young as I was, the common talk amongst my parents was that uh, there's so much drought. In what they said, so me, so sipogile. It was a common uh, talk. It it was very, very uh, a serious drought. But what I note or what I remember is that kids around the time, because of the famine caused by the drought, 
there was this thing they referred to as kwashiok. Kwashiok is where the kids, they would, because maize is a stable uh, food in Eswatini, and then people would eat porridge. So kwashiok is where the children uh, would have they were malnutritioned, let me use that. But the signs to see that they, they was quite shocked, the hair would be a little bit gray, uh, brown, I'm sorry, and then there would be a big stomach, but the child would be thick. Maybe the head would look as if it's a little bit big. It was quite shocked. The, the quite shock was a result of the people that, the, the kids that they never had enough proteins the, to balance in their, in their health system. So it was a severe drought. But what is important, what I want to talk about in this issue is the issue of famine. If we define famine, famine is not necessarily a, a drought, but it can be a result of drought. Drought is scarcity of food due to either drought, as I've said. It can also be as a result of wars. It can also be a result of a crop failure. It can also be a result of poverty and many, many, many other reasons. But there is a shortage of food that in that particular area. Area. So time and again, the earth or the world experiences famine. Africa is uh, actually experiences quite a lot of famine. We see this uh, in a number of countries. Sometimes it's caused by the failure for the people in Africa, I'll say agriculture people or farmers, to grow enough to cover for the uh, to cover for the population rise. In other words, we can say the population is rising faster than the number of people who are there. But let's come back to the story. Here we are seeing that there is famine. So famine is there was going in this country where the woman, the Shunammite woman, was. There was no food. There will be no food. So the man of God who was Elijah came to talk to him and tell him about this thing. There are benefits that this woman is reaping as someone who is close to the man of God or someone who has a relationship with Elijah. So now we will get down to that as we talk. But famine is very, very severe. As I've said that, it can actually may lead to malnutrition and it can sometimes lead to death. Now, we are talking, this is a, a service. God is talking about a famine, and the church experiences famine too. The church experiences famine in different words, ways. It can be in the word of God, where the, the word of God is not enough to, to, is not preached enough in a way that nourishes the people in the church. It can also be a, a situation in someone's life. So it is in two ways. My someone would be in two ways, first for the church and the other for the human being as an individual. Now, as the church grows, it needs to, to, to have enough food. But it happens that at some point in time, what we see today, because the church today we are living in is challenged. There are a lot of things that challenges the church that we see as malnutrition to the body of Christ. We can see that the church is not uh, getting enough uh, diet or enough nutrients that will make it to grow. That is a challenge to the life of a believer. We also see this in people's life as they get malnutrition, they react in different ways. That's why we see what we see in the church, people doing things that are not acceptable according to God's standards. Now, let us talk about the woman. 
The first thing that we need to note about this woman is that she had a relationship with the man of God that was Elijah. Not a relationship in terms of love, but in a relationship of recognizing him as a man of God. Now, I want to bring this to our time. The, she had a relationship, I'll say if it was a Christian today, that would be someone with a relationship with Jesus Christ. She had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the advantage to that is that Jesus Christ can communicate with that person directly as he communicated with the woman. He, he was a, sorry, Elijah was able to tell her that there was going to be this famine. A benefit of having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord ministers through us through the Holy Spirit and he gives us direction in life. Sometimes he tells us things that we actually even don't know. In this situation, the Holy Spirit will tell you that such and such a thing, please run away, this is not going to be fine for you. But note that the woman had the right not to obey Elijah. As Elisha was giving her the instruction, she could say, no, I will stay and see what will happen. My fields will work for me because where we read is talking about the field. But she decided to, to obey the man of God. As the Lord speaks to you through his spirit, he will minister to you that this is what you are supposed to do. It is your decision to either obey or not. Now, this woman left into the Philistines and went to the land of the Philistines, which was a foreign land to her. She stayed there. There is nothing as painful as living in a country that does not that is not yours. Let me use that term. You, you are just a foreigner there. And she was there just to stay for the, say, seven years and go back. Famine makes people to live their area of residence. They leave it not because they like, but to save, their, to save their lives. They want to live for a longer time or they want to survive the famine. So people leave their comfort zone because they want to get some food. So the situation is not a nice one going to a place that you are not a, a, a nationality of that place. So it results in you not enjoying life. But what we do when you get to that place, you learn and you make ends meet on how you make life. So we are living in a time now where the church is in a famine where things are not happening the way they are supposed to. There might be an environment that you are in where there is famine, where the word of God is not presented the way it should. Now, I don't know why the Lord said I should speak about this, but it is important that I say it as he has said. Now, we, are, we see hunger brought about by the preaching of the word that is clouded or that is diluted by selfishness. That is diluted by selfishness. When we refer to selfishness, is where someone will preach the word to benefit from the word. He wants to, to, to turn it such that it benefits him, maybe in terms of money. One of the interesting things that we are learning about is the issue of the prosperity gospel. I don't want to go deep down to it, but where someone turns the word such that it makes someone to benefit. That is that brings malnutrition to the body of Christ. The other thing that causes 
uh, uh, what we refer to, which is famine, is wars. I talked about wars as a cause for famine. As people fight, nobody goes to plant. And when nobody goes to, fight, to plant, there is a shortage of food. Now, how does this come? When the church... There is war in the church where people are fighting for whatever they want to gain. Maybe positions, maybe recognition, whatever they might be fighting for, it brings hunger. It, it, it makes people who are there to be hungry because now there is no one who takes time to dig into the world. And then when there is famine, people decide to leave or become malnourished. Now, we should avoid wars in the body of Christ. The focus of the church is serving God and to reveal his goodness. The Bible says, I think it's Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says where Jesus Christ is speaking on the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is so deep because it means there is a kingdom. It means there is a kingdom, there is a, a, a king. The king is God himself. So as he is a uh, his sons and princes on earth, that's what we say, we have to illuminate the goodness of the Lord in the way we do things. Now, we also learn that famine comes as a result of failure to practice agriculture. While Africa has a lot of land, it fails to produce enough food. So in other words, as we are Africans, we can take it upon our hands and start to go or start to plant and do whatever we can to increase the productivity of agricultural products. So as a person, failure by a Christian to cultivate or to read the word of God also brings malnutrition. Failure to do it also brings malnutrition. The other thing, Famine is also brought about drought. These are things that are beyond someone's control. Drought is something that no one can control. It is beyond, it is God's doing. Drought, I'll say it's God's doing. It's beyond man-made. This is where situations turn against you such that you don't have enough food. So we experience that in our lives as Christians. But there are things that we learn during the time of a drought. The first thing that we learn, the purpose of drought, one of the purposes of drought is to kill the, the weaker species such that they can be species that are strong, that will be able to last for a long time. So God might be allowing you to go into a drought, uh, into a famine in your life such that you can sustain, you can remove all those habits that are bad such that you stand in the times of difficulty or such that you can stand for a longer period in your life. Now, there's a response to, 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 to famine. The first one is the one I've talked about where people leave or migrate to a better place where there is food. Now, if there's, famine, there's this issue of war in the church, when there is war, there is no peace. There is famine. People are not getting all the what to say, balanced diet in terms of the dishing of the word of God or the preaching. It's one-sided. It might be healing only. It might be prophecy only. It might be teaching only. Or different things just specializing in one. The, the church was made in a way such that it is balanced. Everybody produces this, does this, and this makes the body of Christ. But a church that is full of war 
lacks that. A church that is a, a self-centered, the selfishness, finds itself focusing on one thing and people are hungry and they don't benefit from what it's actually doing. They end up being malnutrition with kwashiok. They are eating but is not benefiting them. So as the body of Christ, we should work collectively such that we ensure that the body of Christ is made up. Ministers of the gospel, they should know that what they are doing is not theirs. It is not about my church, it's not about my program, it's not about my denomination, it's not about that, but it is about the work of Christ, about what he did in our lives. Now, some, st uh, some people may decide to stay. When there is famine, they have talked about those that live. They go to a different place where they'll get food. Some survive, some may actually never return. So that's not a good thing, especially for those who don't return. Some people, because of the wars that are in church, because of the lack of their service, that is balanced. They leave the body of Christ and they go for good. They go for good. But there are those that will decide to stay. When there is a famine, you can decide to stay wherever you are. But as you stay, you will be malnourished, as I've said. But if it's severe, you will die. Literally die. You can die spiritually saying, I will stay where I am. God has put me here. But you literally die in your spiritual walk with Christ. So you need to be careful of what the Lord is saying. Now, what we learn about this woman is that Elisha came to speak to her because of the relationship. And she warned her that, please, just go. And the woman obeyed and, and left. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and he, says, and he tells us what to do in any particular situation. He can tell you, stay, it was just going to last for two weeks or two days. But he can also say to you, just go and return after seven years, like he said to the woman. But what is important is that you have to listen to what the Lord says. Because Kwashioko is there where you get hungry of whatever is there. The other thing that is important is timing. You have to understand the issue of timing. If I go back to the story of the woman, we learn that the woman obeyed what the minister of the gospel had told him. He told him that for seven, day, for seven years, you will be in a faraway country. You can go to the country and for seven years you will stay there. That is in verse 3. And you return after seven years. She was aware that the, 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 the famine will last for seven days. For seven years, I'm sorry. Now, it is important to listen to God. She acted exactly on the word of God. And when she acted on the word of God, God saved her life and the life of the family. God ministers to us to heal us and to make us what he wants us to be. The other thing that we learn is that after the seven years, the woman returned. That's the importance of timing. What God had told her, she knew very well that it was time now to come back to my land. She came to the right people. The importance of the right timing. She came to the king. You see, when there is a problem or there is an issue you want to, to bring, to, to, to be addressed, bring it to the right people. The woman 
knew that she had to bring her issue on to the king. She brought the issue to the right people. Sometimes as human beings, we appeal in wrong areas. When there is an issue that needs to be addressed, you end up discussing it with your friends or with people who cannot actually help you. But it is important to discuss it with the right people. She discussed her issue with the king. She appealed to the king. Now, who is our king? We have to appeal our cases to the Lord God. Not to our friends, not to people we trust, but with the Lord. Appeal in the, to the Lord through your prayer, and God will answer your prayers. Let me just continue and talk about this woman again. Now, she came at the right, I'm, I'm interested in the timing. She just came at the time when the king wanted to hear from Gehaz what Elisha had done. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. This is God's timing. There are things that are, go, are done by God. You cannot do them on your own, no matter how much you try to force them. You can see that this was divine. Haven't you had a situation in your life where you just came and said, oh, yes, we're waiting for you. Or oh, we're just discussing your issue. It is the right timing. God enables his people, those who obey him, to be right on time. Whilst Gehazi was telling the king of what Elisha had done, the raising of the dead, how she had prayed for the son who was dead, the woman was there to appeal. What a mighty God at the right time. This woman, I want just to note that she was someone who obeyed the word of the prophet. It was someone who listened, left, for seven years, no, and she knew that seven years is over and she returned. It's important to know God's time, to listen to what the Word of God is saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. What the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you do it exactly as it is. It will save you. It's her, it saved her from dying from the famine in the country. It will save you to obey God. What God says to you, just do exactly that. Some of it might look as if it's stupid. Like for the woman, actually, it was said for her to leave her field and her home, her house, to go to a land of the Philistine where she would be a foreigner. But she was obeying God. As she returned, her issue was discussed. When the king heard the whole story of how Elijah had, uh, had healed people and raised the young man from the dead. The woman came to understand. Uh, I'm sorry, the woman's case was addressed and she was saved. How was she saved? The king allotted someone to deal with her case and she was able to get back her home and her field. Now, what is important is that the woman did not only get the field. The king said whatever the field had produced in the time she was away, let it return to her. Why all this? It was because she had a relationship with the prophet Elijah and God intervened in her life. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not with your pastor. It is true to, 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 to honor your pastor, but with the Lord, not with the church. 
but with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not with the person you regard as, as a true spiritual person, but if you have a true relationship with the Lord, the Lord will guide you. He will tell you when to leave a situation where there is famine, and he will tell you when to return. And when you return, he will restore everything that is yours. The God we serve knows our situations. What is he in his mind is that we be what he wants us to be and we are saved in the, in the times of difficulty. God loves us and he has an, a, a, a life for us. Now, you might be experiencing famine in your life. You might be experiencing hunger. There is no food in your life. But the God that we serve is there to provide for you. Invite him in your life and he will give you a proper decision what to take. Now, this is something that is a little bit complicated. But God is saying I should speak this message. You might be facing a famine in your Christian walk. Wherever you are, there is famine. You are not getting what balances your spiritual life. What do you do? What is the word or what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Should you stay? If you stay, pray that God gives you the strength to survive. But if God says leave, you have to leave and obey when he says return. Sometimes you'll have to go. There are people that we have lost forever because of famine in what we are doing. So God is warning us today to be people who listen. As we come to a close, may God help you to know what is important. May God make you realize when is the time to move and when it is the time to stay. May God help you to realize what builds your body and what does not build your body. You should realize what is yours and what is not yours. You should realize what he's saying to you or hear what he's saying to you and know what to act, when to act, and know exactly the timing God gave to you. Because as people, sometimes we tend to live outside God's timing, and we lose what he is saying. Also, famine comes in our life, general life, as we live, other than spirituality, in our lives. You might be trying to make ends meet, you're trying to work, you're trying to be in business, you're trying to learn, and things are not working. What is God saying? He will give you a direction about your life. So we have come to the end of the service today, talking about famine in the body of Christ. Can we then pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before your throne today, as we have read, the, we read your word about famine. Help us, God, as we live in these times, to hear your word and to understand what you are saying. And to know when the famine is severe. And to hear what you're saying. If you're saying let's stay, let's stay. If you're saying let's go, let's go. But as a church, let us be people who are there to serve you. Not for selfish interest for, or for our gain, but to serve the living God. We ask all this, Father, believing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.